0: Love Talk Radio. in the car traveling. If I lose you guys, I'm out of a cell range. Walking, they like, Just got back from Philadelphia in the Jersey Shore courtesy of our sponsor. Uh, Compass Realty. It was a great time in Philadelphia in, the, in Avalon, but everybody said so the Eagles game was terrible. They told us to dine and Roger told us, to tell us to the audience. They introduced Harold Kahn, Michael, who came on the floor, you know, saying fly goes fly, when My tears come to my eyes, and Mike saying, Tuesday left you know, The Eagles play like the, in the 70s, like with the with Pete Wisk up there and that stuff. I like to welcome the welcome our Legends to the show tonight. As always, Mr. Don Henderson graciously takes his home. Mr. Roger Henler. Mr. Roy Cummings is spinning the dials again. Mr. Frank Carroll. Gentlemen, welcome to the on our Wednesday night. I'm, I see two cell phone towers, so I'm okay for a while. So I not know.
1: Well, the problem is you were watching the Philadelphia Eagles set records in the wrong direction. Roy, you were <laughs> watching a fellow in Tampa Bay who was setting more records every single game, and the Bucks really had an outstanding Sunday afternoon, Roy. Yeah,
2: you know they did. Uh, once again, it's, uh, it's absolutely remarkable right now what Tom Brady is doing. Um, at his age, and I, I'm sorry, you know, people are probably getting tired of hearing about, you know, what he's doing at his age. But the bottom line is he's he's doing things at an advanced age that uh, athletes aren't supposed to do. This is supposed to be the twilight of their career, and this guy's playing better than he has maybe at any point in his career right now. It's um, it helps that you're surrounded by so many weapons, but uh, he's he's taking advantage of those weapons. Uh, you know, I don't think at any point the Bucks felt like they were in any danger, really, of losing that game. Even when it got close there at the end of the first half, uh, I'm sorry, uh, third quarter, really. Um, you know, I think they uh, they realized that uh, look, they're a, they're they're the much better team, and at some point they're gonna they're gonna pull away, and they did, and um, did it with defense. So it's not just Tom Brady. There's other pieces there, obviously, but um, they are playing some exceptional football right now. There's no doubt about it. Two weeks in, and already we're marveling at this Buccaneers team yet again after we marveled at it uh, through the winter last year. Roger,
1: get your foot in the door in there, Atlanta, Georgia.
3: Well, you know, uh, I'll tell you, uh, I was thinking about this Roy a lot. Where do you think in the schedule? If you look at it now, where would be uh, the Bucks' toughest challenge uh, in the in the weeks to come? Well, this week coming up,
2: uh, you know, LA is going to be is not going to be easy. That that's going to be a game where they're going to have to be at their best. I think absolutely, and and I still think that two games against the Saints. Are going to be challenges for them because I think the Saints are much better than they showed a week ago. I think they're. I don't. I don't know. I don't think they're a you know a five touchdown uh, pass uh, from Jameis Winston game every Sunday, but they're not what they were last week either. I, I think they're better than that, and they always seem to have a good game plan for the Buccaneers, uh, whether it's at home or on the road. So I think the Bucs are going to get some challenges. And hey, you know, let's face it. By the time they face Atlanta again, uh, Roger, you may think differently, but. You know, I think Atlanta's, you know, look, I thought Atlanta took a big step forward uh, last week from where they were in week one against Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, they took some chances. I like that, that they took some chances in Atlanta. Uh, The defense uh, obviously still struggling. But, you know, if if a couple of balls aren't bad at the line, uh, and tips in the secondary. Well, maybe that game stays a little bit closer. So I still think Atlanta's going to get me again. You know what? Carolina's looking pretty good too. So they have. The, yeah. If you look at the schedule, and and there isn't much there beyond LA outside of the division. But I don't think the division is going to be as weak as we thought it was initially. Uh, I'm I'm starting to think that they're, you know, they might just get a, a couple of good games out of Carolina and uh, New Orleans at least, and maybe another good one out of Atlanta.
1: Tommy, before we well, get to uh, the you know, Eagles, you were there on Sunday. You saw the Eagles play a, a sort of a disastrous game, which you started the show with, and we'll get to that in a second. But I want to just take a sidebar and say I, I want to give all the credit in the world to Harbaugh. How he could take a short week, go against the best team, the consensus, the best team in the National Football League, Kansas City Chiefs, and win that ball game, I, I, I just, uh, I'm marveled. He has 13 people on the On the injured list, he lost a game at the wire the the week before. And I want to tell you, Roger, maybe you have a comment or any of you fellas have a comment. I just think he did an unbelievable job getting that team ready to go again. Well,
3: I think there's two guys that did an unbelievable job, and that was John Groot. Uh, because uh, he played in that same game, and as the uh, a lot of the commentators were saying, that was an overtime game, Don. So it was playing additional football, and Harbaugh had to bring his team back and and uh, right away, and then uh, Gruden uh, came on Saturday after playing Monday night and winning the game, and then they won. That was a that was a big win for uh, uh, for the Raiders. As Chris Berman says, yeah. Roy? right. Yeah, I, I agree with what Roger
2: said. Yeah, look, uh, there have been some surprises already this season, and uh, you're right. I, I think Carbaugh did a tremendous job getting his team prepared for that game. Um, you know, it shows you that you know in in a, in, a, in a next man up type of league. If the next man up steps up and actually plays uh, at a high level,
4: uh, anything
2: can happen here. So uh, it was, uh, it was a really good weekend of football in most cities, uh, not not Philadelphia, obviously. But um, it just—I yeah, think it just goes to show you that uh, you know this is going to be a very interesting season. You've got some guys kind of uh, you know in the twilight of their career, not just Brady, but Roethlisberger, who uh, you know not obviously you know they would like to have that game back. Um, but here's, uh, Derek Carr playing, you know, and, and look, there was talk of, you know, uh, would Derek Carr survive in, in, in yeah. Oakland and, and now Las Vegas and there's every reason to believe he will now. Um, and, uh, obviously, you know, you figured out what to do with Lamar Jackson a little bit better this week. Um, you let that kid, you know, run around a little bit and, um, he, he can be devastating. So, uh. There's a lot of interesting things going on in the league. It's still too early to determine who's good, who's bad. Um, But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, teams that bounced back this past week. Um, uh, uh, You know, they're feeling obviously a lot better for themselves. Uh, You hate to be on the other side of it. Uh, You know, Philadelphia being one of those teams that came out so strong in week one but then looked horrible in week two. But, you know. You, you turn it around the other way, and you look at Green Bay, for example. Uh, Green Bay, you know, looked horrible in Week One, but looked much better in Week Two. And uh, same with the, uh, really the same with the uh, uh, Baltimore, and obviously the Raiders, you know, been playing pretty good football right through. So um, it just goes to show you, it's um, you're never really out of this thing until you get about now. Now I would say you know eight ten weeks in because of seventeen games, you got an extra one to. You know, to kind of make up for a a clunker here and there.
1: Tommy, well, we've you seen know, boy, uh, we've seen it over and under, back to back. You mentioned you were at the Eagle game, Tommy, and uh, so let's get you in for. Uh, I know you weren't too pleased with what happened, but give us a quick synopsis of the Eagles because I sh- I know Roy didn't have a chance to see it. He was covering the Bucks, so go ahead, Tommy.
0: Well, the Eagles. The, first off, guys, the tailgate was fantastic. Over 200 people. We had a trailer up there for. Like breakfast, sandwiches, mixed drinks, and beer. See a lot of old friends of mine. That was wonderful. And, 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 that is, and the thing about that was, you walk in a stadium, the fans are fired up, Don. They said, E-A-T-L-E-S, fly goes fly. All right? They kicked the field goal, which you should have had a touchdown on it. Then Harold Carmichael Roy comes on the field, says, fly goes fly. The Eagles went down back to the 70s. So Pete Lick and... It Eddie need <laughs> it, it just got totally worse I nice. We left in the third quarter. We can't take more of this crap. But it's good to be home to see the Eagles up there and that. And it's great to see the Eagles. they give them all kinds of stuff for the fans up there. So I was excited about that. But the Eagles, you know, for after what I've seen, feel lucky that you're going to be
5: 6-10. That coach
0: does not know how to coach um, J- you know, Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, was was great, you know, but got, the, the, the middle of the wide open field, he's running ball. Why, in fourth and one, you hand the ball to your running back on on the goal line? Uh, well, I think a little goal.
1: bit like Roy said uh, with James Winston in New Orleans, he had a brilliant week the first week with five touchdowns, and right. then went in the other direction uh played like he did when he was with the Buccaneers in game two, but. <laughs> Roger. Uh, let's get to Atlanta because well, uh, you're right there. And they're in trouble.
3: Yeah. Well. I, yeah. Well, I wanted to go back to the Eagles first. Okay. The Eagles should have won that game. The Eagles should have won that game, Tommy. Exactly. First of exactly all, right. I, first I wasn't able to watch it at the time, but I listened to it on uh, Sirius XM. I want to tell you when you were at four, first and one at the goal.
4: Exactly. Okay,
3: first and goal at the one. There is no way you don't get into the end zone, and you and where you never go with a running back straight ahead, you know, or quarterback See? sneak.
4: Quarterback if sneak. they got
3: that, a t- quarterback sneak exactly.
4: If if you don't if you don't
3: do that and score the touchdown, the Eagles win that game. Okay, I mean if they get the extra point, the it would have been eighteen seventeen. One of it would have been eighteen to seventeen. With they should have had a touchdown. And and the Falcons, I think, or I agree with Roy. They're a project. Uh, I think Arthur Smith will continue uh, to get better. And I think that, that there are some teams that they match up uh, well against, and there's other teams like the uh, Bucks that they don't. And uh, you know, but I think they will get better. I really do.
1: Roy, what so impressed you so the far through. the most uh, with what we've seen in the first two weeks?
3: I'm
2: sorry, what was that question again, Don? What,
1: what impressed you the most uh, in the first two weeks? What Anything surprise you positively or negatively? Uh,
2: from a positive standpoint, look, you can't help but be impressed with the Raiders. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the Bucks are who we thought they were. Uh, very good team, beating up on teams that they should beat up on. Um, we'll see what they'll we'll see. I think we'll get a better idea of how good they really are when they take on LA, um, and, and so that'll be a start. Um, but you know, I think you really have to be impressed with the Raiders. That that team to me is um, is doing some special things right now, and I'm a little surprised by it because uh, you know it, it might be an indication that uh, you know maybe Pittsburgh's not as good as we thought they were. That could be a problem. Uh, obviously, you know, they went out and beat Buffalo, and that was big, but, um, you know, maybe, you know, at home you, you'd think they would uh, probably handle the Raiders, but they couldn't. So you got to be, you really have to be impressed with the Raiders. Um, but, you know, I, I think the, the biggest surprise to me is you don't have a whole lot of 2-0 and teams. I mean, teams that you thought were uh, going to probably be 2-0 at this point.
4: You would have put Seattle
2: in that group, wouldn't you? Um, you know, San Francisco, I think, is, is is a team that maybe not coming just the way expect, it expects to right now. But again, two weeks in, um, you know, it's uh, it's it, right now. It's a very interesting league, and 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 right now, I think it's too soon to, to label anybody as being. Uh, you know, outside of Tampa Bay, really, uh, it, it's, hard, it's too soon to label anybody as, as anything, whether they're a contender or a pretender, whatever you might want to call, it, it's, it's just too soon. It's hard to get a better feel to think week three, three and four, and we will here going forward. You know, you guys are upset. You know, Tommy's clearly upset with the Eagles. Look, the fact that you had, you're right. It, it's a Cardinal kid. You got the ball, you know, first goal at the one. Uh, you you got to get a touchdown out of that. So... But the fact that they were in that position, um, you know, it tells you that I think that team's going to be all right. I'm used six and ten. Uh, I'm not ready to say they're going to be ten and six, but I think they're going to be better. I think they they can win eight nine games. I think there
4: uh, That's in what Philadelphia, I think. and uh,
2: we'll, we'll see how that division shakes out too, because uh, you know the Jets didn't look all that. Deep. Bad necessarily week one. It looked horrible week two of them. There's another one.
3: Well, you know, Roy. Getting back to the Raiders, uh, it's an interesting uh, sidelight. They they are getting tremendous fan support from Oakland because there's cheap flights that uh, out of uh, San Francisco and Oakland uh, to Las Vegas. And what does it take? About an hour in the pl- you know in a uh, uh, flight. And they come down and they go over to the stadium. And some will stay overnight, uh, like Saturday night in Vegas. But on the home games, they may come down for the day and fly home that night. And because the flights are so cheap. I never, you know, that's like unheard of. But that's the way it is in that situation. And they're packing that stadium. Mean, it's a nice looking stadium. And they're packing it. They got Raider Nation. Yeah,
2: Raider Nation travels well. There's no doubt about that. And uh, you're right. Look, they're going to have their own little. You know, there's a good pocket of fans in Las Vegas, obviously, for them. Um, you know, at some point, I expect Don Gruden to screw it up in in you uh, know some or in Las Vegas with the Raiders. At some point, he's going to screw it up. Um, he always does. But uh, there'll be an interesting team until he does. they will be even more interesting after he does it. But. I, I don't know if that's, this is going to continue uh, with the Raiders, but right now you just you got to give them their just due. They're really playing well, and some of the draft picks that uh, you know people kind of you know cocked their head a little bit at uh, when they were made a couple over the last couple of years is starting to look pretty good for them. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Look, they've got a couple of weapons on offense, including the quarterback. He can get the ball around, distribute it pretty well. Um, the defense is making some big plays right now. I think that's that's
1: the real difference in uh, with the Raiders. Tommy, I know you're in the car, but we're getting that breathing thing again. You but you're probably got your cell phone right up uh, trying to do the show at the same time. And just want to remind you about that. And going back to both of your points, uh, when you talk about that first and goal to go for the Eagles, don't forget the week before, it was, it was uh, the Ravens that had the ball with first and goal to go uh, to win that game. And they didn't. And they did score. So it's uh, two weeks in a row a team has had the ball on the one yard line, and neither one of them scored a touchdown. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's a little bit unusual as well. Roger, go to it. Yeah. No, that's a good point, uh, Don, uh, about that.
4: And uh, but
3: I, I Roy, I, I agree with you. I think there's a a lot of parity uh, in the league, and I've heard you know people say you know really the league's designed. For everybody to be like five hundred, uh, you know, and, and uh, win, lose, and but and I'm, you know, I think Cleveland uh, will be very good. Uh, I, I and I, I Detroit has showed me a lot more uh, than uh, than I thought that we get. You know, they haven't done well in a number of years. And getting Jared Goff now seems to be helping them, even though they lost Stafford. What did you think about the Lions? Yeah, I like the way they played the Packers uh, this past week, uh,
2: Monday night Monday night. They're all running together now. But, um, but, no, I thought they looked good. I really did. I mean, look, that that team, the problem there is they've always, well, they haven't always, but for the, for the past, you know, 10 years,
6: they've had a quarterback.
2: It's the other pieces that they've lacked You know, uh, even when they had Megatron, I mean, at the end of the day It's like, okay, well you had two players But where's everybody else? And it's still a little bit of that And it came back and it showed again uh, Against uh, Green Bay But they, you know Look, the, the quarterback's going to keep them in game and give them a chance. Um, they've got to build the rest of that team, and and you know there's a lot of teams out there like that. Uh, you know, it's like that right now in, uh, in in New York with both teams. Really, it's kind of like that a little bit in uh, in Washington, it's like that a little bit in in Dallas, you know, in places. So you know that's happening, and you've just you've got to make sure that you build. Around that quarterback, so it, it's great that they've got Derek Goff. Um, but you got to have a little bit more. You got to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to play some defense. And uh, we'll start to see it how see it all take out here over the next couple of weeks.
1: Roy, I want to go back to your point about San Francisco because uh, a couple of years ago, when Lynch got that job right out of uh, out of nowhere, and they said, "Oh, how could you hire somebody who hasn't had any experience in the front office?" He did a great job the first year. They slacked off last year. But I think you're exactly right. I saw the 49er game. And I want to tell you, they've got a pretty good football team. And I don't think they're going to slack off this year. I think they're going to be very competitive all the way through. Yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, look, you've got a couple of
2: options, obviously, a quarterback. Uh, If your starter goes down, you can turn to the kid, and and they obviously believe in him. But Johnson's a very smart guy. This guy was – you know whether you want to call it fantasy GM or whatever, but this guy was kind of playing general manager for a couple of years before he ever took the job. Uh, you know, in essence, saying, uh, you know, how would I build this team? How would I build that team?
4: Um, and
2: he's he, look, he's been around people. You know, Rich McKay, obviously, he's seen people do it right. He's seen people doing do it wrong, like Bruce Allen. He's learned a lot. You know, he was in Denver, and 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 really, this is a guy who, when he was playing the game. Uh, was always studying the game from a different standpoint. And this is a guy who had the ability to, you know, study his opponent. At the same time, he kind of keep track of, well, how did we build the team I'm on? How did we become the competitors that we are? How did we become the Super Bowl contenders that we are in Tampa, that we were in, in, in Denver? How do we become these playoff keep You know, while most players are just, you know, solely focused on their career and playing the game and everything, and... You know, he was, you know, eighty percent of the time or ninety percent of the time. He always it was kind of like a hobby of his to kind of, you know, you know, get with the general manager and say, well, what, what was your thinking here? What, how did you, how did you go about doing this? And uh, one thing you know about John Lynch, smart guy, smart guy, and uh, you know, dummies don't come out of Stanford, guys. And um, he, uh, he he really knew what he was doing there, and uh, I liked the team a lot. I've said from the very beginning. A lot of people say, you know, who do you think is going to emerge in the NFC? Don't be surprised if Tampa Bay and San Francisco in the in the title game uh, to go to the Super Bowl because uh, you're right. Uh, last year things went really kind of sour for, for San Francisco, based primarily on injury. This year, if they're healthy, they they are going to be there and they will win 11 or 12 games.
1: Roger, we talked about Harbaugh and what he was able to do with all the injuries he's had. In fact, two really key injuries—the uh, practice just before the first game of the season, big injuries. But the Eagles came down with a big one too. But uh, you know, it's going to be very tough for them to make up ground. Uh, uh, you know, with that offensive line the way things are going to go right now with an injury. Well, yeah, they had the big injury on the
3: uh, defensive line with Graham, uh, 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 you know, coming from defensive end. But, you know, Roy, let me ask you, uh, because I've thought about this a lot. Uh, I know everybody has uh, utmost respect for Rich McKay, but he's been president of the Falcons for a long time. And and I I was a Thomas Dimitrov fan. And what do you think, what is it that with his expertise, and uh, he's on the competition committee, I think he's the chairman, why do you think they've had so much trouble in Atlanta other than that one year with Dan Quinn when they should have won the Super Bowl and they blew it? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um,
2: look, it's, again, to, to be honest with you, I, I think they've been the victims of, of some, some difficult breaks that have gone against them. You know, They built a really good-looking young defense uh, that got them to the Super Bowl with, with Matt Ryan, and they had a, obviously had weapons on offense. You had a team there that looked like it could, it could really – uh, be a problem for the rest of the league for the next two, three, four years. And then all of a sudden a couple of guys get hurt. A couple of guys don't quite play the way they did. A couple of guys get aid, you know, the age starts to catch up with him, with them, uh, maybe a little before you thought it was going to happen. Um, and the next thing you know you're you're just adequate again. Uh, look, I don't know that this team, that it ever got over you know, blowing a 25-point lead. I mean, really, I mean it, you think about it, that, that's devastating. Um, I think Matt Ryan is maybe sort of finally over it, but from the coaching mm. standpoint, I'm not sure they ever got over it. And, you know, I don't know how much Rich is really involved these days in personnel. Um, you know, he had a shot very, you know, he, he was one of the, he was in the running. He wasn't really a contender, but he was kind of in the running for the commissioner's position. Uh, and, and he didn't get it, but I think he, he realized that his strength right now is in not necessarily on the field and building the team, but in building the organization, building the franchise, making sure they have a you know a, 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 a tremendous facility to work in, um, and that's kind of where his focus is now. It's not so much on the field and building the team. It's more in building the organization and making sure that that's solid in every way possible. And um, I, to be honest with you, I, and that's, and that's fine because he does an excellent, exceptional job there. Always fast. I mean, he's the, he's the reason they got a stadium built here in Tampa. Uh, and he built his, what, at least one, maybe two now in, uh, in Atlanta. But um, at the end of the day, Rich McKay, I don't think ever got enough credit for his smart and expertise as a team builder, as a as, as a as a guy who builds a football team on the field. Um, don't forget, this is the guy who pushed for Tony Duncy, This is the guy who, you know, was, was willing to take a chance, you know, on people like Warren, who uh, found Derek Brooks and a lot of the other people that, you know, those some of those are no-brainers, but this is a guy that, you know, kind of pulled Mike Allstott out of uh, out of Purdue and said, hey. You know we can do this, and uh, a lot of the guys were just small pieces and and even big pieces uh, of those Buccaneers uh, glory teams. You know guys like Rondy Barber, guys. You know he he had a he had a system, he had a plan, and it and it worked, and it's uh, it's a proven plan, and it, and it would continue to work if you were allowed to build another team if you wanted to.
4: <laughs>
1: Tommy,
0: yes sir, <laughs> that guy stole cell towers. That's good. Hey Roy, I got to ask you a question. I watched a little bit of the Bucks game, but the way Tom Tom Brady's success credit that offensive line, give him all day to throw the football. That's that that's the key for the Bucks right now. The offensive line giving Tom Brady all the all all the time in the world. That, that's
2: your key. yeah. You're right, Tommy. And uh, look, going back to a year ago, that was uh, that was one of the real surprised, I think, of this Buccaneers team was the fact that they did keep Tom Brady as clean as they did, Um, and and you you know this, you know, and and look, you know, they've got a year under their belt now, so the timing routes are down, they know exactly how much time he needs, which isn't much, Uh, you know, it's not like it was, this is a big difference, guys, this is a big difference in how that offensive line played. Uh, when Jameis Winston was there. When Jameis Winston was there, you know, it was a five- and seven-step drop offense. It was, you know, drop back five five steps, seven steps, and, and, and look and scan the field and, and find your target and throw it downfield.
6: That takes time. That puts a lot
2: of pressure on the offensive line. Well, now you see him come out early in games, you know, the first 15 plays are scripted. You know, it seems like the first, you know, four, three or four of those plays are quick timing routes. Things, you know, Brady gets in the shotgun, gets the ball, fires it right away.
0: There's no time for
2: the line um, to break down, and, and, and then that allows the team to get into the game a little bit. Uh, let them get, you know, let them get their matchup figured out. You know, what what's the guy doing against me today? Uh, so by the time you you know you start to throw the ball downfield on, you know, pass attempt number eight, nine, or ten. Uh, your lines kind of into the game and everything else, and uh, I think there's a right now you have just got a, a really good system. The game plan is, is is very good. Obviously Brady gets rid of the ball quickly when he has to, and then when you got the linemen uh, holding up for you, as you said, Tommy, uh, you
1: can really cause some damage downfield. So uh, Roy, yeah, thank, they're, they're thank you very job very for much, for sure. Roy. A first half hour is always very informative and very interesting and. We had a lot to talk about at the National Football League, but we're going to switch over to baseball now because
4: have a we have Green,
1: a, We are very, very honored to have Thank Bill you. White join us. Bill has not joined us for Thank a while you. now, and I, I just say this because of the uh, younger people that listen all across the country, and uh, and you, you know, I don't think they knew who Franklin Roosevelt was. So I, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: so I, I just take a moment to say that Bill White. Uh, one of the really, first of all, one of the great people. Warnie Pell wrote a piece about 50 years uh, with Bill, and, and uh, he's had very good fortune, which he made himself. One, he came up with a great organization, or got to a great organization with his second team, the St. Louis Cardinals, and then, of course, came to the Philadelphia Phillies and then got into the broadcast business with ABC for the ABC station in Philadelphia, and then uh, was the first play-by-play uh, broadcaster uh, along with Phil Rizzuto and so forth at the box in, in uh, Yankee Stadium so Bill White uh, then you went to the administration you went up to become president of the, the National League so you've covered all bases
6: <laughs> Yeah we have we have and it's been most of it's been fun it's been fun and I've met some good people uh and uh we just we just enjoyed life uh, we're eighty seven now and uh we uh, we've enjoyed life life's been good to us
1: well i'll say the same thing bill and I are both eighty seven i'll be, oh. be eighty eight i'll be eighty eight oh, so my goodness <laughs> we're we're we're, good, we're good, we've been we go way back uh but but also want to also mention that uh that maybe you talk a little bit about uh the different organizations that you played with, uh, with Mr. Bush and the St. Louis Cardinals, and we're going to talk about Rulie Carpenter here in a minute because we did a whole show last week on Rulie and, and dedicated the show to he and his family, and we'll talk about that. But how about coming, uh, get switched over to those Cardinals for your first uh, first trade, and then going from there. Well, we went to the Cardinals from the Giants. First of all, we were the Giants.
6: And, of course, Adelaide, Melissa and a couple other guys were a lot better ballplayers than I was. And uh, so I got traded to the Cardinals. Uh, I forget what year it was. It's been so long ago. But that was, I think, really the most important thing that ever happened to me, uh, maybe in my life, at least uh, during my period as a baseball player, because uh, I got there and uh, I worked uh, – Oh, it was a nice short fence at right field, 303 down the line, I think, about 320 to right center and 357. And, uh, of course, Dan Mugel was there then. Uh, they had a great player, Musial, But the park was great for me because I wasn't a really a long ball hitter, but I could chop the ball over that fence there well, in fact, uh, you know, what my first at-bat as a giant, they called me up. And I played against the uh, the, uh, uh, well, I mean, the Cardinals, and I hit a home run the first time up. It was so short, so I was glad to get there. Really, I was glad to get there, and we stayed there about eight or nine years. And uh, uh, then, of course, uh, we moved around a lot. But baseball was good to me, and uh, I think uh, that I uh, was good for baseball.
1: Bill, we've got uh, Roger Henler. He's in Atlanta, Georgia. We've got uh, Tommy Gilbert, who is in in uh, Tampa, Florida. And we just uh, just passed on with uh, Roy Cummings, who joins us each week. The first half hour covering the the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks and and uh, and Brady. And but uh, let's go right now to Roger in Atlanta. And I know you got a couple of questions for Bill. I do,
3: Bill. Always a pleasure. I admired you as a player and administrator. And how's everything in Upper South Eddie? <laughs> well, it's Upper
6: Black, Eddy. It's a, it's a great little town. We don't have too many people here. Uh, I drive about a mile down and we're on the uh, Delaware River.
4: Fish there, and right. It's, uh, it's it's nice.
3: It's good up here. No, not too many people. It's a beautiful place. Uh, you, you know, we can go back to uh, the time with the Phillies and, uh, the, you know, I played for uh, Gene Mock. I remember that. And, uh, of course, 64 and everything. But, you know, talk about uh, what it was like playing for Gene Mock and, uh, and some of the other experiences. And, uh, you know, Dick Allen. Uh, him coming up and and, uh, what a just great player and he was treated unfairly I mean uh, I feel that way everybody pretty much feels that way what was it like during that period for you well I think I was there three years I came over from the
6: Cardinals I forget the year but we played there and Dick and I both drove in 100 runs that year Uh, we didn't win it uh, but uh, I got to know uh, Dick Allen well. I think we roomed together for a while, and uh, unfortunately, he had a, a very, very bad uh, reputation. First of all, he's a great teammate. Secondly, he's a great person. Uh, we mm-hmm. lost him. We lost him this year. But uh, I really, uh, I think of uh, all the players that uh, I really was around, and I roomed with Willie Mays and roomed with a lot of guys, but. Dick uh, and I, I thought, were were very close. Uh, I was from Warren, Ohio, and he was from about 14, 15 miles away, uh, in a little town in Pennsylvania. And so uh, I, I knew quite a bit about him. But he was—he was a heck of a ball player. Never gave less than 100%. Uh, he, uh, you know, I didn't pop up and I ended up between first and second. Well, he ended up between second and third. So he always hustled, which is what you look for in a player. Uh, unfortunately, he—he uh, uh, he had an accident and couldn't throw uh, much anymore. So they put him in the outfield, and that's where he had most of his problems because he basically uh, uh, was an infielder. Played with a lot of people, and there are very few who hustled more than Dick Allen, who gave you 100%. Uh, he had some uh, problems, uh, you know, off the field perhaps, but uh, when he was on that field, uh, he gave you 100%. And uh, I enjoyed playing with him. I enjoyed playing with Mays. I enjoyed playing with Zepeda. The there are a lot of guys I played with. Uh, Dick probably had more power than any of them. Hit the harder than anybody I saw uh, over the
1: years that I played. Uh,
6: Baseball, period. Nobody could fall hard than Frank Howard.
1: Bill, the only person I would even compare him to as far as I, the hardest ball I ever saw hit was hit by Frank Howard in the World Series against the Yankees. And he hit a ball that Whitey Ford put his hand up to catch a line drive over the, over the mound. And that ball hit the center field fence and bounced back, and he got a single. <laughs> I, mean, I lost it for a moment. Uh, I'm, I live in the boonies, and I lost it. What did you say? I said Frank Howard was the was the uh, player that I saw oh, hit boy. the hardest ball I had ever seen. Uh, hit off Whitey Ford in the World Series, and it went over Whitey Ford's head. And he just flinched and put his hand up, hit the center <laughs> field wall, and it turned out to be a single. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
4: well, I was a
1: guy too. You know, he played down Ohio State.
4: <laughs>
1: Bill, let me ask you this. I, 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 we're yeah. going to just touch on it. Uh, I want to get the ruling for a minute. Uh, but you and I chatted the last time you were on the show. It was just before the uh, Hall of Fame voting. And uh, you mentioned that. Uh, uh, and I know that you're a strong advocate. I don't want to get into any, uh, any of the reasons why or not that he's not in the Hall of Fame. But, uh, I know you were a strong advocate then. You've been a strong advocate, and it's a little disappointing when you look at the numbers that he didn't get in. Yep, uh, uh, that that is true. Hopefully, uh, unfortunately,
6: we lost him uh, this year.
7: Uh,
6: you're talking about Dick Allen, right? Yeah. And, uh, but hopefully at some point he will uh, be recognized for what he did in baseball on the field. There have been a lot of players that uh, maybe had a problem or two off the field, and they've been there in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and right. I'm sure that uh, many people know and have read about what Dick Allen may have done off the field or whatever, but it, it only affected Dick Allen. It didn't affect anybody else, and it certainly didn't affect his play on the, on the field. I've never seen anybody hustle as much as uh, Dick Allen.
4: Uh, he had
6: the accident, uh, and then obviously he couldn't play third anymore. He had to go to the outfield, but uh, – he was a good man. I roomed with him for about a year, year or two, and uh, I have nothing negative to say about about Dick Allen. He hustled. He played hard. Uh, once in a while, he didn't show up.
4: Uh,
6: I don't believe that some managers knew how to handle him, uh, and that the, your manager has to know how to handle star players. The players are the guys who have the ability of a Dick Allen. Uh, I'm sure there were players in the past that we talk about had a lot of fun playing, uh, and uh, they didn't get the attention that Dick Allen
1: got. Well, Bill, let's chat a little bit about that. The actually, you're talking about was I believe, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he slid into second base, and that's when he hurt his shoulder, and that's why he couldn't throw anymore. I believe it was in Wrigley Field, in Chicago, wasn't it?
6: Well, that, that happened, but, yeah, but uh, I, something happened. Uh, you know, it's funny, I can't remember. Something happened uh, in uh, Philadelphia here where he was in the hospital for a while. I visited him in the hospital. Uh, uh, I think it was an auto accident here, but I'm not sure. You know, it's funny, maybe since seven I can't remember. But uh, that's what really got him into uh, really hurrying. Uh His car was all banged up. And, uh, it happened, uh, I think at his house and I went to see him, of course, so they wouldn't let me in, but he, he was some kind of a player. I really enjoyed playing with him Didn't enjoy playing against him. And I enjoyed our, uh,
1: relationship after baseball was over. And Bill, uh, let's get to the, uh, the main point that we did last week about Rooley Carpenter, because, uh. Uh, You played in the Philadelphia Philly organization. You were in Philadelphia both uh, on television and as an active player before you went to join Phil Rizzuto. We'll we'll chat about that for a second. But uh, as a a player uh, and then later on an administrator within baseball, how about Ruley Carpenter? Good man. Very, very, very good man. Many owners, I think,
6: sort of uh, stay away from the field. Some of them stay away from the players. Uh, but Ruley was there. Uh, you could talk to him. Uh, you could open up uh, with him, talk anything with him, and uh, you, you felt that he listened, and you felt that uh, you were going to, uh, first of all, he respected everybody. He's just, just a very, very, very good person. And uh, uh, I played uh, in Philly What about three years. I had a good first year, and then I snapped my Achilles and hung around for two years. But one of the best people, that uh, uh, very, very best people I met while I was in Philly was uh, ruling. And
1: uh, you could talk to him. Uh, he listened, and you uh, had a great amount of respect for him. I know you did a little radio work on Sam Wex in St. Louis while you were still there, and, and then, of course, had the opportunity to go to Channel 6 in New York, which was the ABC affiliate. In fact, at that particular time, it may have been the number one ABC station in America, and you had a chance to do some work there. But how about when they, when you got to New York and they said, we're going to give you an opportunity, and they put you in the radio booth and TV booth, and <laughs> Phil Rizzuto walked out on you, <laughs> and you'd never broadcast a game before. Never broadcast a game. I always remember that.
6: Uh, we're... I think we're we we're playing Baltimore down in Miami or someplace. I flew in, got off the plane. Marty fell, picked me up, took me to the <laughs> took me to the ballpark and uh, and introduced me to Bill. And all of a sudden, Joe DiMaggio shows up and goes, right. "Hey, White, take the mic." He went and talked to uh, DiMaggio and the uh, see the Baltimore. Orioles. I think we we're playing the Orioles. The guy hit a home
4: run. <laughs>
6: Here I am at Mike. never doing play-by-play. I just said, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's oh, as good God. as holy cow. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you know what? Well, i could have yeah, used use that later on when I brought really got to be a decent broadcaster. <laughs> Somebody hits a long well, drive, you know, maybe a Yankee hits a long drive, I'll say, oh. <laughs> well, you know, I just Phil, you brought
3: back memories of uh, a great uh, sportscaster when you were playing in Philadelphia, Les Kiter. And yes. uh, in basketball, it's a ring-tail howitzer. Okay? <laughs> and... Uh, uh, you know, I, I can remember less in New York, and then at Channel Six and FIL Radio, but right. the other, one of the other things Don brings this up uh, every week, and and I think it's very important. What about all these changes, like the Phantom Runner at second base in extra innings now, and uh, the way baseball's going? As as Don and I, Tommy. Frank, say traditional baseball is not here today because of athletics and everything. What's your opinion of that? I'm not going to give you one.
6: <laughs> okay. I, I really can't give you an opinion of that. I think as an old timer, you know, playing uh, so long under the rules that uh, what the original guys played under Babe Ruth and all the great guys and, and changes. But, uh, you know, everything changes. I. I, uh, I don't go to baseball games. Uh, I haven't gone for a while. But uh, I, I wouldn't uh, – I don't have an opinion on that, or one that I would give publicly.
4: <laughs> I, understand. I
1: understand. Well, I'll tell you, some of the but other you know things, what? Bill, like the uh, that they're experimenting they're with now, it's moving the rubber back of the mound about six inches or something like that, and, uh, and they're still talking about the phantom rule about putting the guy on a second base even after this year is, is completed. Uh, well, they're going to vote on that. Uh, uh, there's just going to be a lot of changes in the game that uh, we're just not familiar with. And, and uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's a different game. And, and analytics, as uh, Roger said, uh, seems to dominate. I was watching the Yankee game last night. And, uh, and you bring a relief pitcher in, and he pitches to three, three batters, and uh, nobody even hit a loud foul ball. And there's two outs. And, and and the manager comes out, And takes a guy out of the game.
4: <laughs>
1: Why? Because because the analytics say that you know he's got a better chance against this guy. I, I don't understand it. It's beyond me. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm glad to. I, I, I you know I'm isolated up here
6: where I live <laughs> above the above the river. <laughs> I, I, had just had, I haven't watched baseball for a while. It's not that I don't like it. I love it. But uh, it's just uh, it's moved on, and it's moved past me, and uh, uh, I wouldn't say anything negative about it because that's the way I made my living
1: for, uh,
6: well, 20 right. years or more. Right, yeah.
1: right. Well, last question. You stepped up from player to broadcaster to president of National League. We'll wind it up with this. Uh, How would you like being an administrator?
6: Well, you know, it was it was a good experience for me. It was a good experience. First of all, I, I had uh, great people there working with me. I won't say for me, but working, working with me. And uh, that, that's important. Uh, and uh, Bart Giamatti was a great person, and uh, we helped each other. Bart knew a lot about administration, uh, and I knew a lot about the game. And it's, it's amazing. He'd come up, and he'd spend 15, 20 minutes or more sitting and talking to me about baseball and about rules, about different things, and about life, and about life. I love Bart. And I really, really, really uh, uh, was upset when, when we lost him. But uh, – a lot of people helped me. Uh, I couldn't probably remember all of them who uh, were up there, but ba- basically I think uh, it was Jamadi and the people with whom I worked who had been there for years uh, really, really took good care of me. And fortunately, uh, uh, I didn't make too many mistakes there. And, uh, you know, we made some pretty good uh, decisions uh, when we... Expanded uh, in the National League, and we made some pretty good decisions when we uh, didn't let the American League run over us uh,
8: <laughs> financially.
1: <laughs> well, I tell you, you, you've had a great career. You're only 87. I'm only 87. We got another. <laughs> I've seen I've seen my my kids graduate from college, and, and my great kids graduate from college, and now my great grandkids. I tell them if I get to see them graduate from eighth grade, I'll be pretty happy. But I want to I want to thank you as always, Bill. It's terrific to have you with us, and uh, we try not to keep you too long because I know it's past your bedtime now eight thirty.
4: <laughs>
1: well, I appreciate being you know, on a lot of you know
6: very few times do I go on air with anybody more because we're just uh, we're just
3: uh, retired.
6: So I appreciate you asking me to come on. Bill, well, Bill thank you're you so a gentleman,
3: much. A great player, a great administrator, a great person. And I I was there for many of your games at Connie Mack Stadium, and Don uh, brought up the hardest ball uh, he ever saw hit. The fastest ball I ever saw get to the upper deck at Connie Mack Stadium was the Labor Day weekend of 1964, Henry Aaron. I was sitting in that upper deck with a friend of mine. We never saw a ball come to that up into that upper deck so fast in our life. So I'll always remember you and and the Phillies and your great uh, time at Channel Six. God bless. Well, we
1: appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted to touch on on Bob Gibson too, but we'll do that the next time, Bill. Once again, okay, thank you good. so so very thank very you, much. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll we'll get yeah. together again. I'm, I got to get the the Black Eddie. I got to get the. The restaurant there, because that's one of the great restaurants on the river up there. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs>
4: so thank between Point off.
1: Pleasant and Upper Plaquetti, we got you covered.
6: <laughs> All right. That's great.
1: that's great. Take care, Phil. Thank you. Thank you. Righto. Thank you. Best wish, Phil. Take care. Thank you. Thanks,
6: thank Phil. Yeah. All right. Good. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Bill.
1: Bill White, one of the great people in, in sports uh, and, and has more knowledge of every aspect of sports than almost anybody I know. And he, he's been so successful. And uh, couldn't ask for just couldn't ask for a better guy. But Mike Schulte, another good guy. Now we're going to change over. We started with football in the National Football League. We started with Bill and baseball. Now we're going to make the switch to uh Mike Schulte, and uh, Mike, we're going to talk a little. We're not going to talk right away about the Outback Bowl, even though you are the director of publicity for the Outback Bowl. And but how about the early part of college football? I know you're a big football fan, and not just the Outback Bowl, but a big football fan. And how about the early start? You like it? Well, I do. I do. And thanks. By the way, that's a tough, uh, tough act to follow.
7: That uh, gentleman you just (laughs) had on there. I mean, he's one of a kind. but yeah, college. What are what you guys saying? You, you know, we, we're a few weeks into the college football season already, which is fantastic. We've had some tremendous games uh, already, uh, some really exciting games, from some very big upsets. Um,
5: uh, it
7: has not uh, it has not disappointed the first few weeks of the season. That's that's for sure. It's been uh, it's been quite a ride so far.
1: Tommy Gilbert, you've been quiet down there and. Uh the, no, the big South involved. lane and, and you're driving, you're driving back to Tampa. What do you got for Mike?
0: Mike, how can people uh, get involved in the packages you get for sale and tickets for sale after some of the packages? Talk about uh, how, how would people purchase those tickets and be involved at VIP parties?
7: Oh yeah. Uh, well thanks. Uh, thanks for that. I, I, um, uh... You know, we we are actually – we're putting our tickets on sale to the public um, the um, early October. October 12th is our on-sale date this year, um, which is great. I mean, last year, you know, we couldn't even sell tickets until mid-December because of everything that was happening. And, uh, you know, of course, not knowing where we were going to be at that point. But uh, so tickets are going on sale at Ticketmaster October 12th. Uh, We do have VIP, or if you want to call corporate uh, memberships, uh, ticket packages that you can buy directly through the Outback Bowl office, uh, which you can buy those now, and uh, they they do get you um, not only uh, great club seats uh, to the game, but also invitations to some really neat VIP events, and we are planning right now, as of right now, we're planning on having a full schedule of our events this year. From our VIP events, which start in October, all the way up through um, uh, the you know game uh, game week with uh, VIP events, and then of course we're also planning on all of our public events as well, uh, our beach day event, our, our New Year's Eve parade, and, and on and on. So, um, you know, we're we're gonna you know we're as of right now we're planning uh, to have a, a normal schedule of activities and fun act- and fun events leading up to. And including game day,
1: so uh, we're very, very excited uh, to be to be back, if you will. Mike, I know you don't have any restriction on the size of the crowd now because uh, we've seen what happened with the Bucks on each weekend. And you, is there any restriction on? Do you have to have a, a vaccination uh, certificate, or is there anything in that order that before uh, people sign up to go? No, not at this not at this juncture, and hopefully we won't
7: have that at all. Um, you know certainly you know uh, as, as we all learned uh, last year, uh, 2020 taught us that you can never recount on things being
1: uh,
7: the same um, that you expect and so you know th- th- we always understand that there's could always be something that could come along that could um, change the dynamics a bit and the protocols but as of right now as you mentioned I mean you've been watching the college games and the NFL games so far I mean and you know are very very few restrictions um, and, and certainly down where we're at uh, here in Tampa um, as of right now you know we're not anticipating um, anything like that so we'll just have to sort of see and, and keep uh, keep praying that uh, things keep going in a, in a positive direction and, and we won't have to deal with uh, with those types of things but um, we're we're planning on having a, a normal year and uh and that's uh you know hopefully we can you know we can deliver on that. Roger
3: Mike uh I've seen a lot of college football and uh, obviously living in this area uh Georgia, Georgia uh, uh uh Georgia Tech Uh, And, you know, Alabama, uh, you know, has had a tough time a little bit uh, uh, in that game the other, I guess, two weeks ago or last week. And uh, what does it look like to you uh, so far as to if you were to pick four teams that you could see uh, be in the uh, in the playoffs? The uh, what would
7: they be or haven't you even thought about this? Well, if I had to – if you had to – if you made me say right now who the four playoff teams will be, I'd say Alabama, Georgia, and two others. I <laughs> <Maybe> they later. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, uh, well, you, you know, it's funny. You know, they do the the, the rankings every year, right, and the, the preseason polls and all that. And, you know, there, there's always teams that don't quite make it, you know, from the preseason polls to the end of the year, you know, up in the top 25. But – my gosh i mean um you know there there hasn't been a lot of security in regards to that that first preseason poll as far as uh, you know teams winning and losing and i mean you got you got teams that that uh, you know were obviously you know you ohio state and you know that that uh, uh you know we're up there in Clemson, of course you know of course they played some some good opponents but at the same time i mean it's uh it's not like it's been it, – it, it had been in, in more recent years where you sort of had that top five or six teams were just sort of, you know, drifting, you know, floating right on through the, the season and, you know, sort of had to wait to the end of the season to, to
4: maybe get tripped
7: up. You, you know, you, you've seen right out of, the, out of the box this year that, uh, you know, teams got to show up every single week. And there's been some, some pretty good matchups uh, – you know, pretty tough matchups early in the year as well. I mean, Georgia, Clemson, obviously, somebody was going to lose that game, um, and it just happened to be Clemson. But, you know, you're right. I mean, it, I, I think that there's it, there's quite a bit more uh, maybe parity um, this year. And I, and I think, too, you got to look at the fact that so many of these teams, um, you know, um, I think – I don't know if it's true, but – in my mind, it sort of seems like a lot of these programs that have been consistently at the top are starting out with new quarterbacks this year. Um, uh, and, you know, like Clemson and Ohio state and some others who, and, you know, they're, they're, you know, that's always a question, right? And, um, you know, y- yeah, you can have programs that can just sort of pretty much reload every single year, like in Alabama, has been doing, but at the same time, you know, there's always that that chance that you know the next guy up may not be quite as good as the, the guy before him. And I think you're well, starting to see that a little bit. And I think you're also seeing some other teams because of the transfer portal and the fact that kids are able to transfer much easier now. Um, I'm, I'm watching games and I'm consistently hearing you know, uh, the announcer is talking about, you know, after a big play about how this guy transferred in from this school and this guy transferred in from this school. And I, and I think it's just adding to the the level of parity that a program can go from one year to the next and say, look, You know, we can, you know, we can real quickly get a transfer in here and maybe make a difference, Um, you know, with our team. You know, we're not counting on, you know, having to wait for a freshman to come up and and take a couple years before, you know, he makes an impact. But we can have a guy come in Mm -hmm. from another team who's been pretty successful and suddenly, you know, make a real big difference for our team. And I think you've seen that. Um, with, the, with the number of, of these uh,
1: teams that were sort of on that next level that are now, you know, starting to show that they can compete. Mike Schulte, our guest in this uh, segment of the program, and, and Mike, it might be the first time they've really been touting, first time uh, a school out of the Big Five uh, is, is uh, has a chance, and that's Cincinnati. Uh, they So far they're playing pretty well. They've got a game coming up. I think in two weeks it may be a real determining factor. But uh, everybody's shouting Cincinnati is being one to watch. Yeah, they, they've they've shown that they they have a really good uh, squad,
7: um, and, and I think they're like one of these those teams I was talking about. I mean, you know, they've had some guys come in there that have made a real difference pretty quickly, um, and they're showing it right out of the right out of the box. I mean. Um, And you know you got the other thing too is you got a lot of teams with new coaches and you never know how that's going to go. Sometimes that 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 can turn around a team really quickly. Um, You know. Uh, you know, look at Arkansas. Arkansas, you know, with that big win over Texas early on, and you know, maybe Texas isn't quite as good as people thought they were going to be. But, they weren't you know, that they day. Weren't I'll tell you good. that. I saw that game. <laughs> no, they, they weren't. But you know, out, Arkansas, they're they're three and zero right now. You know, yeah, they right. they just, you know, they they got a new coach, and you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, all of a sudden they're they're you know in the discussion. Um, and and again there's just some other teams that that have that have, that have uh shown up that uh, people weren't really really looking for and uh, and again right. when you when you have players that can transfer in who have uh you know success i mean um uh, you know that it, that's it, going to help i mean Notre Dame you know they got the kid the quarterback from from Wisconsin Now, Notre Dame you know they haven't been You know, dominating teams, but they, you know, they've been hanging in there and and doing their job. But you know, they, you know, they brought in the the, uh, cone, the quarterback who was at Wisconsin. You know, they brought in a a very experienced, you know, pretty experienced quarterback uh, to come in. You got to find out this weekend because uh, this is the first. Yeah, but they but they brought a guy in who could fill a need right away for them, you know, um, instead of having to rely on a on a young kid, you know, growing into position kind of thing. And that's what I mean, that, that you know, that, that can make a, a difference a lot quicker. And and uh, so I, I think it sort of throws off a little bit of the, the, the standard belief of, you know, who was who going to be good this year and who wasn't, um, you know, because of that. Roger? Hey, Mike, you know, a
3: couple things. Uh, when you were talking about the experienced quarterbacks, I forget the team, but I, I saw it on TV and I read about it. Uh, one of the teams lost their quarterback, and they took uh, the, the graduate assistant, and he had he was in graduate school, and yep. he be, he was the quarterback, and he's, he he had a great uh, career
7: at, at the top. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, South Carolina. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, that's they had, right. They had him still the Saturday in. night game. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: uh, of yeah. course, they didn't do too well against the dogs. But I, I just a couple of things, because about being back in the area, I've been over to Athens uh, twice to the, uh, in the last couple of weeks. And I am just amazed, like uh, for Georgia and I'm sure all the other big schools, the pregame uh, show on the radio is tremendous. And it's four hours long, number one. Yeah. And then a long yeah. postgame. You know, it's more like we're used to up north. Uh, you know, with the pros, so to speak, the other thing is the the, the support that Georgia gets, and they had just put an addition uh, onto the athletic facility, and the athletic directors said that that was all done uh, contributed uh, to the construction did not hit their budget at all. It was all done by donors. Yeah. The support they get, and there's a, a weekly magazine called uh, Bulldog Illustrated, and you can, if you're over in that area, you can get a hard copy, but you can also get it online. And I'll say, I'll tell you what, all of us have been reading this, and everybody, this is one of the best magazines I've ever seen, and it's free. And it's just amazing when you get into the Southeast Conference uh, with football;
7: it's a totally different world than what uh, I was ever used to. Yeah, it it, it really is, right? And and and, and those, you know, but those that all that just shows you how ingrained college football is, um, you know, in with those schools and with those fan bases. Um, and, And I think a lot of people, you're right. I mean, a lot of people just don't understand. That aspect of it, but uh, you know, it, it's a way of life almost. And and then too, you you know, you've got some 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 states, um, you know, Alabama is one. I think you know, Mississippi, um, you know, that don't have professional sports, you know, uh, of any of the major yeah. you know uh, sports leagues. And stuff. And it is all about college. And I mean, that's it. That's, that's their pros, their sports. I mean, they don't, it's not like Florida where we got, you know, three NFL teams and two NBA teams and, and two hockey, you know, NHL teams and two major league baseball teams. They've got college in Alabama they've got college in Mississippi. And, and, and even, you know, I mean, certainly Georgia has that, but, you know, again, you, you look at, you know, throughout that conference, Arkansas is another one you know uh, south carolina you know it's it's just a different type of a of a situation and college football has filled that um that 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 you know I don't say void but it's filled that niche uh for people um and they just put everything into it and it's uh it's really fun to be around um and just the it traditions is. and everything, and and, and of course it's, it extends up into other parts of the country too, the Midwest. I mean that that uh, Penn State Auburn game the other night was fantastic. Oh, Not only a terrific! Game, terrific game. The whole the whole whiteout experience that they do there that's on my bucket list is to go there during a whiteout because um, and see a game because it's just it's just such a, a neat type of experience. And there's there's so many schools throughout the Big Ten the Midwest. Um, that are like that as well. Iowa is another one. Uh, Wisconsin, you know. So, it, it. you know, those, those the, 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 the tr- tradition and the environment and the the loyalties around college football, uh, I, I think, is. It's a two-point Alabama
1: really. game uh, last week. Uh, did you? Did you think it would be that close? I, I have to say, I really did not think so. And Alabama got off to half decent start, but by the time the game was over, it was a two point game, right? Yeah, it was. Well, Florida, Florida a
7: good team. They've got they've got some players, and and I think that they, you know, they certainly did a good a good job against against Alabama, and and, and you know, and Alabama uh, showed that uh, you know there's some some ways that they, you know, they, you know, teams can and, uh, you know, take advantage of there. So, you know, I, I think Alabama is probably still a better team overall, and they they, they won, but, um, but yeah, you're, you know, there, there's a lot more parity out there, and I think you're going to be seeing that throughout the year as well, maybe not so much against uh, uh, Alabama's opponents this year with their schedule, but I, I think you're going to see, you know, a lot more surprise games uh, throughout the year, where teams are going to win or, or make games close that you didn't expect, um, because it, it's really sort of shaping up this this year as the year of, of parity that we haven't seen for a while. Tommy,
0: hi Mike, how are you doing? I'm, I'm on the road. Hopefully, I don't lose you guys. I had a nice trip up to front. All of the Philadelphia Eagles game. It's been a week and a so great to have you on. And like God, football, college football season here right now. I think it's going to be a uh, yeah, I think I think I think what what started all these fans going back was that was the NHL. Think about it, right? you know you lift the fans back in the buildings, and everybody took off. Everybody took off from there. So I mean, it's exciting, but but I think what one good thing about college football is the halftime show. I mean, you guys get the <laughs> best halftime show. I sat there and, when i I just sit there and watched the the bands and those kids' performance out there, and I, I remember one. Yeah. <laughs> You know, one of the late media members, <laughs> I remember when Ohio State was on there, right? And it's, what's that guy running out of the tubal? Boy, he's not the eye for Ohio. He's
4: not
0: in the eye for Ohio out there. So, I mean, it's, a, it's a good thing. I'm, looking that I'm so glad. It's you, to you, normal right now.
7: Yeah, Tommy. I, I, we we all we we know like why you like our halftime shows because it's because that's when you get to eat your no, outback steak.
0: No, no
7: no! yeah, <laughs> Mike. You 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 hit oh, that right on boy. the head.
4: I, Mike, <laughs> uh, we we don't <laughs> ask
1: we don't ask Tommy about the games. We only ask her about the food.
3: How many steaks <laughs> have you had, Tommy? <laughs> Mike, Mike, I love that's
0: thirty pounds right now. When you see me one of those functions, I lost 30 pounds. You'll be you'll be impressed.
3: Roger, that, you're yeah, up. But you'll put it back on at the at the Outback Bowl, Tommy. Well, you'll I, put I, it I, right I'm back sure. on, and at the VIP parties. So I it uh, right,
0: right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You're Come up, Get Roger.
3: You know, my yeah, Mike, uh, you know, I agree. Uh, I read a lot about Arkansas, you know, it may be a surprise, but, uh, sometimes a new coach can bring new life to a, a program and, uh, I think mean, there's a number of them, and, of course, uh, we're all familiar with uh, Temple, and they're not doing so well. And uh, it's, it's a game, having gone there. Of course, Dan uh, Don did the uh, play-by-play for football and basketball for so many years. And, uh, you know, I'm sad to see that because I thought that with the uh, coaches they uh, had recently, uh, they, especially Matt Rule, you know, before he went to Baylor, that they had turned the corner but uh I, they
7: did but it was short lived and that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's interesting I was the other day I was I was updating my my coach's uh list and all that and uh, because I hadn't really done it uh, very much last year, um, you know, because for, for so long we didn't even know if we were going to play, and so forth, so and hadn't done some of the communications we had typically done during the year, and uh, and I realized that that in the SEC alone,
1: there's been eight
7: uh, there's eight new coaches from the, what, what what they had two years ago in the SEC wow. alone. And that's amazing, isn't it? And that and that's this is the SEC, yeah. right? The the dominant conference, right? Is, you know, the last few years in college football, and they've had they got eight. Different uh, teams have different coaches from what they had two years ago um, in that league, and and it does, just shows you that uh, the, again, you know, there's just so many so much movement of between coaches, and then you had, like I said, the player portal and the fact that players can can transfer much easier. But you go back to Ohio State, you know, Justin Fields, you know, he was at Georgia. Uh, you, you talk about Georgia, you know, remember Georgia had uh, Justin Fields and they had Fromm there. And had the other kid, I can't remember his name, who was the starter a few years ago, and then uh, and then uh, he ended up was injured early in the season, so Prom came in, true freshman, and he lit it up, and he became he he earned the starting role from that point forward. And Justin Fields was sitting behind him; he was the third string uh, quarterback uh, on that that on that roster, and he and he transferred out when he realized that Prom was going to be their starter for the next three years after that. And, and he went to Ohio State and was able to play right away because that was the very sort of start of them sort of loosening up the, the transfer rules. And he was able to go up there and play the next year and became the starter. And it went on. And, of course, now he's in the NFL and he takes him to, you know, um, you know uh, to the playoffs and all that. So, you know, but that, that was, you know, in the old days of of, the, of having to sit out and all that kind of stuff, I don't know if he would have even ended up there, and if he did, you know, they wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't have been able to to play when he did when he started. So, you know, again, that that transfer, the the, the, the different transfer rules now is is really um, making a big difference in college football, and I think it's for the better, and I think it's great for the kids to be able to do that because they get one free transfer without having to sit out. But at the same time, it, it definitely uh, changes can can make a difference in changing the uh, the makeup of a team.
1: Um, right, you know also got to make a big difference now, and uh, you know the SEC is only going to get tougher. Uh, Texas is one of those teams last year that made paid off the former coach a lot of money to bring the new one in, and he was a little bit embarrassed at that Arkansas game because he was the one who was supposed to be the going to take be the flagship, but he was going to turn the program around and he was going to make that a top ten contender, and he still may. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying one game tells anything. But when uh, you know schools like Texas leave and go to the SEC, uh, you know what, what's going to happen. I mean, it's, it, it, it's going to be tough.
7: Yeah, well, it's it's tough now. So I think you know you know what's going to be really interesting is that within the SEC is to see how they how they what they do with their divisions because I mean conceivably you would think okay, well Oklahoma and Texas would both be in the West,
1: right? I mean, right, it's sort of got to be you know, geogra- if they do it geographically, but well, they have
7: you know, to be because know they, they play
1: and they they play in the fair day at the at, at the Cod Bowl, so that's that's a traditional game. So they're going to have to continue that game. I don't know how they'll do it, but I'm sure they'll continue it.
7: Yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying in the SEC, you know, where are they going to put them as far as the SEC's divisions, and how are they going to realign? Right. The, you know who's in which division of the SEC because now you've got, you know, you're going to have Texas and Oklahoma and Auburn and LSU and Alabama all on the same same side of the of the ledger, or, or you know, or are you, are you going to put one of those guys over on the east side with Georgia and Florida and Tennessee and you know? So, it, but but uh, but either way, I mean, it's it, what's going to be interesting is that that these, these SEC teams, like the Alabamas and those guys, they're going to have to play a team like, you know, Texas and Oklahoma you know, each year. Uh, and likewise, Texas and Oklahoma are going to have to play Florida and Georgia and Auburn, these guys, you know, every year. So so I think from the standpoint of each individ- those individual teams and each of the individual teams in the SEC and, and, and the new guys coming in, um, they're all uh, looking at, staring at uh, having a tougher schedule. Um, than what they've typically played. Well, you know when you were talking about the transfer uh, situation
3: in recent years, Mike. One that comes to mind is the Eagles' Jalen Hurts. Okay, going from Alabama to uh, when two o came in
7: uh, to go yeah. to
1: uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah, for his one year. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Mike, I want to I want to say thank you as always, and uh, once again. Uh, the man that controls the Outback Bowl and make sure that everybody, including <laughs> Tommy, gets a lot of everybody food at the steak. Outback Bowl. But always great, to t- always great to talk college football and
5: and yes, uh,
1: look forward to not only seeing you New Year's Day for the Super for the Outback Bowl, but also just uh, every now and then having you on the program to talk about different yes. colleges and different uh, different yep. football programs. Yeah, well, it's great, great being
7: back on with you guys this year and and. Uh, I am I'm, I'm glad everybody's in good health and wish you all good continued good health and yeah. and uh yeah, it's it's just great to be back in college football and, and have uh have this part of our lives uh, at least um you know, be back to somewhat normal in this day and age. I'm with you. Thank like you.
1: Mike Mike Nothing Mike like like ready it. to go now and uh we're gonna have a chance to talk about any of huh? it. There's so many things Thanks, we can talk to Mike about tonight besides soccer. Uh, the Washington Football Club, uh, where they are, the Nationals, the Caps. Uh, Mike, uh, soccer right now, uh, you got a couple of stories on the soccer front. Do you want to start there first? That's your bailiwick. Uh,
9: I, as always, uh, serve at y'all's pleasure, so I'll let you all lead me where you want me to go. Uh, it is great, as always, to speak with you gentlemen on a uh, rainy Wednesday here in our nation's capital. Well, let's go. With,
1: let's go with the football team, the Washington Football Club. Forgetting the old nickname and using the professional name, where do they stand now?
9: So, the win against the uh, the best quote that I heard was from a guy I work with about the game, and he said he watched it. And he said, "You know, that was the game that both teams were trying to win." Uh, Both teams actually went out of their way on Thursday to try and figure out a way to lose that. Somehow, I guess, Washington did a worse job uh, and managed to convert a late field goal, and they won their first division game 30-29 over the Giants. Uh, Taylor Heineke uh, had a pretty solid game. I think he passed. for uh, He was over 300 yards and two touchdowns uh, in win, But the big story has been the lack of defense from the Redskins. They go into this gauntlet where they're going to play uh, some really great – some really solid quarterbacks coming up. They've got the Bills and um, Josh Allen this weekend. They've got – they're going up to Green Bay where they'll play Aaron Rodgers. They've got, um, you know, the Saints – um, coming in, they've also got to play um, Matty Ice and the Atlanta Falcons all in the next four games, and it's a defense that's allowing over 400 yards and about uh, 25 points a game right now. So this was a league, this was a unit that everybody said was going to be at or near the top of the league, and um, they've really been. Struggling a bit through the first couple of weeks. So I think the big concern about around this area is how the uh, Washington defense is going to show up in these last, these next couple of games. The thought is if you can't stop um, Jones and the Giants from scoring, what are you going to do when you have to play Josh Allen up at uh, Ralph Wilson? What are you going to do when uh, you have Patrick Mahomes come in here? What, what, what are you going to do against some of these elite quarterbacks that they're going to face over the course of, like, the next five weeks?
4: Roger?
3: Well, I think it's going to be interesting when the Falcons uh, play uh, the Washington football team, a.k.a., in the past, the Redskins. And it will always be the Redskins to me. But uh, <laughs> when they play the Falcons, I think that uh, they've got uh, two guys now – especially Kyle Phillips, that uh, I think is just going to be a, a – a, well, he is, and he, he did very well on Sunday. And we talked about it before. He was the Falcons' number one draft pick, and he just adds so much. And I think by the time they play them, Mike, uh, the Falcons will be a different team. So I don't know
7: whether to play this year or not.
9: Roger, I missed the last part, but I I agree with you. Kyle Pitts is a matchup nightmare. We've been talking about how athletic and quick uh, and big some of these tight ends get, uh, you know, with the likes of Gronkowski and and, um, uh, Kelsey. Up in uh, Kansas City, Uh, Kyle Pitts is like the next iteration of this. This is a guy with wide receiver speed and hands, but tight end size. And what? How do you cover him? Do you put a linebacker? Do you put a safety on him? Do you put a linebacker on him? Do you try and put a corner on him? You know, where are the? Redskins going to go with how to to match up with this guy because, you know, if you put a linebacker on him, he can just burn him for speed. If you try to put a quarterback on him, he's going to get them for size. And to be honest, their best safety here is Landon Collins who is not a particularly good coverage guy. So he'll just get beat on the routes. I think this is a game where Matt, um, uh, uh, Matt Ryan wants to target Kyle Pitts, I think there could be a lot of joy there against the the, uh, the linebackers and secondary for for the Redskins. Tommy? Yeah,
3: 6'6, six, six, 246.
9: Yeah, Pitt. that's a big boy. I'm sorry. With that sort of speed and athleticism, that's a bad man right there.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it
9: is. Wow,
1: 6'6. Tommy?
0: Good, Mike, how are you doing? to walk aboard? Mike, I'm transit. But hey, I got questions for you, Mike. I, was up in Philadelphia this past week. I, I saw where that soccer stadium is at. Hey, yeah, but that's a beautiful stadium for, you know, for the for on the waterfront in Chester. Beautiful stadium.
9: had you never been there before, Tommy?
0: No, oh, yeah, I, I passed it going across to Commodore Barry Bridge and I looked down like, what a beautiful stadium that was, you
9: know, and then and
0: they have Exosoft ninety five for stadium parking and this and that and they Chester did a great job of getting that stadium build and look at all the people going to the soccer game now It's
9: fantastic. I, I think it's really it is a, it's a great stadium now it's been there going on 15 years uh, I haven't been there in a couple of years but when I was there it needed some renovation it needed good coat paint and maybe oh, yeah. um, you know some touch-ups here and there one of the big issues with stadiums has always been the lack of development around it. The game day experience has all remained, you go into the game, you park, and then you leave. So what they can do with the area around it to make it an experience where, you know, maybe I do want to go down an hour mm-hmm. or two early, or is there something that uh, you can make me feel safe going into? And getting back out of where I might stand, stand and hang around uh, a little bit later. Uh, the stadium was supposed to be the anchor for development along the Chester waterfront, and that sort of stuff just hasn't happened. Uh, I haven't seen anything new since the last time I was up there, and you know it's what three or four miles to the casino. It, it's
4: hilly
9: uh and the stadium and that's it. So I know that the unions still have a stadium out where they can conceivably uh get out of their lease in the next couple of years sure. and see where they could go because they they'll meet the parameters. They'll be in the lower quarter of attendance just because so many of the stadiums are now that have been built are so much bigger than theirs right. is um, oh, Mike, uh, Mike,
1: let's go to Frank for a minute because uh, we talk about stadium, whether they be in Tampa or wherever they be, Frank always has his hand on what what can be built, what, who has the money to build it, and what location. So, Frank, you, you know that stadium better than anybody. Oh, I guess we lost Frank. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, let me – I'll tell you, one of the things that uh, yeah, I would like to do is what we used to do for, for many years uh, on the program, and uh, we can do it with uh, Mike and then also do it, uh, uh, you know, coming up with Doug and all of us, uh, to to pick the game of, of this week. And, uh, you know, keep score on uh, who picked who and uh, the uh, – I think it would be good uh, to um, look at the uh, uh, upcoming NFL schedule and, uh, and, and and pick or you know we'll talk about a specific team even um, and the upcoming red or the upcoming Washington football team uh Mike who do you pick this week?
9: So the upcoming game for the football uh, for Washington is buffalo away. And I'm going to go with Buffalo. Uh, I think that despite not getting off to the start that they thought they would, this is still a solid team. And
1: yeah, we'll do this. We'll do this quickly because Doug's standing by as well. And uh, uh, I'll go very quickly. After Buffalo had their bad game, the first game of the season, I agree with you, uh, Mike. I-, I go for the Buffalo. Go
9: ahead. Yeah, I I just don't see right now where the the Redskins defense is going to be able to stop that offense. And if you tell me that uh, Taylor Heineke's got to win a shootout with uh, Josh Allen, I'm going to pick Josh Allen.
3: Yeah, I'm going to pick Josh Allen and uh, and Buffalo, too. Well, that that, gets – we'll do the other ones – with Doug. We don't want to hold you up. I mean, but I'd like, I wish we could do this and get back to making the picks like we did uh, for many years. I'm always a fan of that.
9: And trust me, I'm that one person where if the panel goes one way, I'll go the other just because somebody has to. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, thank Mm -hmm. you very much. As always. And I know, I know we've
1: got one happy man coming up here in a couple of seconds because uh, and Mr. Harbaugh didn't do a great job of getting that team in the winner's circle after a tough, tough loss the week before. Before we talk about the Ryder Cup, which is uh, this weekend, a major event in the world of sports, but to say the least. But let's get your comments on Mr. Harbaugh and company because I know you're uh yeah. dyed the wool Baltimore of Yeah,
8: well, Don, we've, we've got lots going back here in a very short amount of time. So um, – You know, I I would first of all say uh, I'm going to go with Buffalo Um, if I was asked to pick that game. I I think Washington's a a decent football team. But on on the road, uh, I don't think they're going to score enough points. Buffalo's pretty solid on both sides of the football, so I think that's that's a pretty easy pick.
10: I agree.
8: You know, I think uh, most of, uh, you know, was it football night in America or whatever uh, the Ravens played on Sunday night, Um, you know, most of the country I think is voted – picked Kansas city, um, you know, in that football game. And, um, it was really nice to see Baltimore hang in there and, and, um, and get a win, a much needed win against a very good football team in Kansas city. But, um, boy, they, they ran the football extremely effectively. Um, in fact, I think if you're looking at Kansas city to win another super bowl, they they need to, to figure out how to stop the run because if that's the case, they're they're going to have a problem, uh, the rest of the season. um, you know, with all the injuries that, that Baltimore's had, I think that, that some of their young players stepped up and, and filled in um, more than adequately um, in, in many situations. I mean, Patrick Mahomes uh, arguably could be the best football player, you know, in the NFL. Um, gosh, he, he, he throws the ball on time, in small windows. He's got a lot of weapons to use. Um, you know, so it's it's very difficult. I mean, when, uh, when, when Lamar threw that first interception pick six, I just – you know, kind of thought to myself, oh, boy, here we go again. And um, they just they, – they they continue to score points. They continue to run the football. They stay true to their identity. Um, you know, uh, Tyson Williams, um, you know, Murray, um, Freeman actually stepped in there pretty nice. Um, Marquise Brown's had two really good, solid football games. I mean, you can continue to say what you want to about Lamar Jackson, but he is so dynamic with the football, uh, over 100 yards rushing – uh threw it very effectively, i thought uh made one one poor decision not not the first one um his his receiver obviously Sammy Watkins fell on that one um but down in the red zone, i think he he forced that ball into coverage and and you know they walked away you know with an interception there tyron matthew um you know picked him twice but uh, hats off to to that rookie '99 Ola, uh, punching that football out and then jumping on top of it. He was the defensive uh, player of the week, not the defensive rookie of the week, but the defensive player of the week. So um, you're right. You there. know they, they they had a lot of guys step up and, and they deserved that win. Um, pretty pretty gutsy call to go for it on fourth down and 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 uh, that win away uh, for the Ravens. So they uh, I think go on the road and play against uh, Detroit this week, I believe. And um, yep. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm going to pick the Ravens in that football game. I think that, um, you know, they're going to continue to run the football effectively. I don't think Detroit is a bad football team, but um, I think they'll have enough to beat them uh, on the road.
3: Roger? Well, uh, we'll get to the Falcons-Giants. I picked the Ravens, too, just like I picked the Bills. And then I also, uh, Thursday night, uh, you know, Panthers, Texans. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the uh, Panthers are uh, doing very well. I think the Texans are better I- than we expected with all the turmoil within the organization. Uh and they quarterback problems, problems, Roger. Quarterback problems. Yeah. Well no, no but but yeah, but uh, he played, didn't he? And and uh they're one and one. So yeah. uh I'm I'm, I'm I'm picking them I, and it's yeah. an underdog. Okay. Well,
1: I got uh, I got to go with bowl because you know we we talked about it earlier in the program quickly. Well, uh, every place he's gone, he's become a winner. And I'll tell you what, as far as uh, Carolina's concerned, I mean, they played two outstanding games so far. They're two low, zero. So it'll I, I got to stay with them. Okay. I, I have news. I have news for
8: you. I think the Carolina Panthers are a much better football team than anyone expected. I uh, agree. Defensively, they're agree. very solid. Um, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a very dynamic football player, uh, catching the ball out of the backfield as well as running it. Um, they have some really good receivers uh, that have stepped up so far, and and I think so far, if you want to talk about. You know, stories uh, in the first two weeks of the season, Sam Darnold has to be near the top of that because, you know, getting out of uh, New York and I don't know what Carolina gave up for him. It couldn't have been, you know, more than a box of Krispy Kreme donuts uh, that they traded for him. But, um, you know, he's he has led that team uh, so far and made some really good decisions. And um, I think Carolina is a much better football team than people expected. And as you guys mentioned, I mean Tyrod Taylor's not going to play. They have a rookie quarterback um, that I think is going to struggle with that defense. Um, you know, I think they have some uh, issues at other positions as well. Uh, I mean Mark Ingram, I believe, is their starting running back, who isn't who not bad. But um, you know, I think this whole Deshaun you know Watson thing is going to haunt them all season long and, and be kind of that dark cloud that overhangs but i think houston is is um in trouble um in terms of the future of of their franchise so yeah carolina's an easy
3: pick oh okay I'll, we'll go to two, two oh and two teams the falcons up against the giants at metlife mm-hmm. stadium yeah. uh
1: i'll take the giants i'll Oof. take the giants giants have to win a game yeah. i mean they're in, a, they're in a situation right now yeah. Really a major disappointment last week against Washington. Everybody thought they had a great mm-hmm. chance to win their yeah. first game uh, you know, of the season in Washington. It didn't happen. Uh, but with Atlanta playing as 40, I agree. We uh, Rod, or, uh, Doug wasn't on his first half hour when we had Roy on. And, and I agree with him that Atlanta is going to be a much better team the second half of the season. Now, I'm not just going to get the playoffs right, but they're going to be a much more competitive mm-hmm. team. The second half, right now they're still searching. So I had to pick the Giants to win that game.
8: Yeah, I mean, bartender, pour, pour me something tall and strong to pick that game. I mean, that's, um, you know, I mean, you got to like Matt Ryan. you got to like uh, the rookie Kyle Pitts and, and some of the things. But, you know, Mike Davis, is just he hasn't played very well in the running back position. I can't imagine that Atlanta's defense is any better than, than a poor sieve um, you know, um, Daniel Jones actually looked pretty effective against Washington's defense. Um how much they continue to uh implement Saquon Barkley back into their offense, getting him back from an ACL. Um I,
1: I, I think you have to pick the Giants in that football game. Yeah. Barkley really hasn't done very much yet. Uh you know, he's run the ball, well, but they're, not they still have the training their coach. offensive is not very good. And that's one of the things. No. Hard to run the ball when you don't have an offensive line. It's hard to protect your quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I think they've got a little bit better in game two, but uh, I've I got to pick the Giants. Roger?
3: Tommy, are, are you in uh, on the uh, picks? No, he's out. What?
10: He's Frank, out. Or,
3: Oh, is he out? Frank, how about you? Yeah. you want to make a, a
10: pick? Uh, no, I'm uh, riding this one out this week. <laughs> okay. Can't you
1: tell? Well, can you tell, uh, uh, here's Roger? There's here's no here. breathing on the line. You had to know. You had to know when he bailed out. Right. Right. Well, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, guy Frank's, the Frank's and, at the
3: four twenty-five Fox on Sunday. I'm picking the Rams at home.
1: Yeah. No.
8: Well, I think I think Frank's. Uh, Frank's in charge of, of hitting the gong when we make like a bad pick or something. He's like the golf mm-hmm. show guy. Um, I mean, I'm, geez, that's a really good football game. I will be front and center to watch that. I, I'm going to pick Tampa Bay. Um, I think that um, Tom Brady is um, vaulted himself in, into not just the greatest quarterback of all time um, in terms of his production at age 44, but, but also – uh, potentially one of the greatest athletes, period, of all time. Um, this is ridiculous mm-hmm. what he's doing at his age. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, with another year under his belt, is um, you know playing football like he used to. I mean, I know that they're, they're missing Antonio Brown because of COVID, which is like the eighth time he's had it now. You um, think he would get the shot? But anyway, um, Godwin, um, you know Evans, they they have such a just embarrassment of riches with their offense. Their defense is really good too. So Tampa Bay's the pick.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm with Tampa Bay as well. Go ahead, Roger.
3: Uh, I take, take the Rams because they're at home, and I think yep. that's probably going to be the what, ru- the roughest game they, uh, the the Bucks may have this year.
8: Don't, I don't disagree Roger. with that. Don Roger has to put that really weird wolf hat on and howl because he was like the lone wolf there, like on that show they do with Michael Irvin and all them before the game.
10: He has to put the, he has to put that really weird wolf hat on. <laughs>
3: I've been searching. Well, you guys are
10: uh, doing all this second. picking. Uh, I'm 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 making sure I'm doing some research. I'm getting a uh, <laughs> a recipe for pricacy of crow because somebody's gonna be eating it next week.
4: <laughs> 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 we'll
3: wait and see. <laughs> the, the Orioles were ahead one nothing, Doug, on the Phillies. The Phillies yeah. just got two and uh, they have no. a uh, a man on first. Yeah.
4: The Yankees the are out.
1: down Yankees are down three to two. This had a runner thrown out at the plate or would have tied the game up. Beautiful throw from right field. I don't know who the Texas Ranger right fielder is, but he just made a remarkable throw to the plate to save uh, a one run lead for the Rangers right now. Mm
4: hmm.
3: All right. Well, who's, who's next, had next roger run of the season and uh i give him a lot of credit at his age uh you know he's he's really uh done done a lot for the team and there's a lot of uh speculation today i heard uh, uh on the mad dog i think it was steve phillips that uh and both of them think that harper is going to be the MVP of the uh, National League. Uh, but uh, I thought Steve Phillips had a good point, on about Harper. He said it's just a shame uh, that his personality is not to put his arms around the entire roster and uh, get the, uh, the, the, the guy that's at the, the 25th or 26th player to get him to feel that he's as good as any other player on the team.
1: You know, well, he won the game last night for them, and, and he made a couple of really foolish blunders early in the game. But when they went to the, uh, they were down two to one, and he was on first base and a, uh, a, a doubled the right. Well, he actually turned to be a triple, a triple to the wall down the right field line, and he scored all the way from first base to win the game three to two. And uh, there was a lot of camaraderie after that one, Roger, I'll tell you that.
3: Well, there was, but he, but Harper's had a number of uh, base
1: running uh, miscues. A two last night. And
3: Yeah, that's my point. I mean, that, that was the point that was being made today, and you see it. But as you and I have said uh, on the air and also off the air, uh, and, Doug, I'm sure you agree with this, the Phillies have, what, I guess, 33 blown saves. All they needed, if they had only 22 blows saves, they'd right. be in first place in L East. Well,
8: yeah, I mean, that old saying, "If a bullfrog had wings. I mean,
3: you know, Bryce, <laughs> Bryce,
8: Harper, Bryce Harper is a fabulous guy. Anybody, anybody paying attention to, uh, to Max Scherzer and how good he is? I mean, he's like un, untouchable, unhittable right now. I mean, how about that deal for the Dodgers?
3: Oh, that was a great deal. I mean he, his
8: ERA, is, he, it's stupid. I mean, since he got traded to the Dodgers, he's like what seven and O, nine and oh, whatever he is. His ERA is like point seven something. I mean, it's it's silly, um, you know. But I mean, you know, you you look at a lot. I mean, you know, uh, how about um, how about Perez, uh, the catcher from from Kansas City? I mean, he's got what forty six home runs? Are you kidding me?
1: Um, you know, Guerrero. Um, I was
4: going you to know, say,
1: Guerrero. I, mean, you, I think yeah. is going to be the leading candidate. I think he he's got what forty six home runs, forty seven.
8: Well, Don, you and I both know that, that those voters vote, you know, based on, you know, who wins what. You know, like, right? I mean, is, is is Guerrero more important to the Blue Jays than than Perez is to the Royals because the Royals suck? I mean, I mean that's, I, you know, I've never understood that. I mean, you you, you put the power of people that vote um, the year that Miguel Cabrera. Won the Triple Crown, he, he wasn't right. a, 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 a unanimous MVP. I mean, are you, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, and, and for people <laughs> to vote, I mean, you know, it's just it's that's stupid. I mean,
1: well, I, you know, I who, also who, think, uh, and it didn't happen with Cabrera, cases you indicated, but I think as Roger said, if uh, Harper. is is certainly going to be in the top three, top two. Yeah. But yeah. And then they, and really, I uh, got to say, Joe Girardi is really pumping him. I mean, he every time they talk about it, they oh, this is the most valuable player. But at the same time, uh, if the Phillies don't make the playoffs, right? I don't think I don't think Harper has a chance to be the most valuable player.
8: Well, I mean, look, you know, Zach Wheeler um, is a bona fide number one, you know, ace. I mean, that guy's. Logged over 200 innings, he has 213 strikeouts or whatever he had before the night started. His ERA was was a tick over what two and a half or whatever it was. Um, you know, Bryce Harper's a good player. Real Muleto is a, a good catcher and a good hitter and, a, and just a good player. I mean, they have the talent, but but tag on. I mean, you know, you think to yourself like, what happened? How did they? And you know, and to Roger's point, you know, I mean, you got to have you got to have a bona fide closer that can come in there in the ninth inning and shut it down. You can't have Thirty-three blown sin. thats ridiculous, you know. Um, so, I mean, that's 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 a problem.
1: Well, two games back they had Roger. They had two in one game <laughs> to make to make yeah, thirty-three.
5: I yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing. Uh, who's the uh, the I I I forget what team I was. Uh, uh, the guy that uh, they're talking about that can be the uh, MVP. But because uh, he's the DH, uh, and he's mm-hmm. phenomenal, uh, but he's
1: also pitches, and well, oh, yeah, uh, for the California Angels,
3: Otani. Yeah, yeah, Otani. Yeah, I I, mean, I just couldn't. Uh, and, I mean, they they think that we'll what, help the, you, Roger. He we'll help you. Thank you. It's tough getting <laughs> old, on, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> and but their feeling is that his pitching will have to make up for his lack of fielding, you know, playing the field. What do he you guys is, think about that?
8: Well, I think he, you know, obviously he's mutually exclusive. I mean, he's, he's a good pitcher. Um, you know, he's um, a home run hitter, uh, but he's also, you know, he's the, he's the kind of guy as an athlete that can steal bases. I mean, right he, he, now he's unique. He's a
1: very, very unique player. But, and but it, and uh, I, you I know, think baseball, he's I think he'll be in the running, Roger. I don't know that he's going to win it, but, uh, you know, but there's a lot of sentiment Don, in his oh, favor right now.
3: He's, it's,
1: he, he's definitely in the running. There's
3: no doubt about well, it. Oh yeah. But
8: you guys also you also have to understand what the underlying narrative is. I mean, you know he's he's great for baseball right now because he's a, he's an international player. You know he's going to help them promote the game, you know across the across the globe, and that's the world we live in now. You know that. You know, suggests that if if Shohei Ohtani was Joe Smith, that was just a regular, you know, Christian white guy. I mean, he he wouldn't he wouldn't be in this discussion probably. You know what I mean? So yeah,
9: that
3: forty fifth home yeah. run tonight. <laughs> I mean,
8: you know, I mean he's a dynamic and and good player, but I mean, you know, the All Star game was basically the Shohei Ohtani All Star game because they were promoting him as like the you know, the most unbelievable player on the planet. And I'm not absolutely. saying that he's not, but but, uh, but you absolutely. have to weigh in the other factors of that. So it's a story that they're trying to, you know, and a narrative that they're trying to promote that that's about dollar bills and, and the international game, you know.
1: Well, I mean, the most most interesting facet, not only the fact that he pitches, you know, and also has the kind of, of a power and so forth, uh, but the fact that he steals bases, I mean, uh, yeah. you, you know, when do you see a pitcher, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, go out there and steal bases? And he uh, he well, is I mean, really, he's dominant. You know, he's he stole a lot more bases. It'll throw him out.
8: No, but think think about how, how that changes the lineup in the Angels. I mean, you know, you look at some of these National League games where they're like, oh, crap, you know, it's like the 12th inning and we're running out of players. And they, they like, you know, put some pitcher in the game to pinch run. I mean, you know Shohei Otani, If he's if he's pitching, he's batting for himself. You don't need to use a DH. You know if, if if he's the DH, you know you can put him in the game at some other position if he's not playing that day at all. I mean, you know, I mean that's that gives him some, some really good flexibility. Right. With the only really one he good, had that much
1: really He's hit home runs against the Yankees. I think he's hit like four or five uh, yeah. against the Yankees. But he, uh, I think the last time he was like two for twenty. He, has, he hasn't right. hit, uh, hit hit effectively against the Yankees, but he has hit over. runs.
8: Well, he he was so good before the All Star break, and then he kind of you know quieted down a little. Leveled up. off, um, yeah, for sure. Larry, right, before we run right, out of time, Ryder right, uh, <laughs> Cup, Don Ryder Cup.
1: Yeah, I'll I tell you this is uh, this is going to really be interesting because uh, yeah. <laughs> you know the United States has what eight of the top ten players in the world playing on their side, and uh, it's, you know, can the Europeans as a team beat individuals like the United States puts on the golf course? Well, you're in a much better position than I am to to (laughs) make that determination. Doug, go ahead.
8: Well, you know, I think it's all about, um, you know, the captain. You know, Steve Stricker has to uh, know the pulse of his team and understand, you know, some of the best pairings of, you know, what's going to get it done in these – you know, team competitions the first two days before they even get to the singles matches. So, you know, obviously uh, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth is a no-brainer. That's, that's going to be a pairing, um, you know, and, and as he sets his practice around pairings and how these guys go out, I mean, he's looking for, uh, you know, certain things in terms of, of gelling of how their games mesh. And um, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you know, Bryson DeChambeau is a, is a tough guy to, to, to stick somebody with, you know, as far as he hits the golf ball. Um, you know, and as, as much ego um, that's that's involved in you know, right. a lot of these pairings. I mean, you've got um, some really good well, players he, he on the American Well, he already came side. out and said
1: that he's going to change. He's going to change his attitude during the Ryder Cup. So we'll see whether or not. Uh, uh,
8: well,
4: but he, you also he, have he, a
8: bunch of you have a bunch of rookies on this on this team. You know, what I mean, but that being said, I mean, Cantlay and Shafley and, and, and some of these Burger, a lot of these guys. I mean, uh, Harris English. I mean, these are. They might be rookies, but they're really, they're really talented, really good players. Um, you know, so um, you know, just getting that right mesh of of person. You know, who's going to play with the Shambo? Who's going to play with Kepka? Um, right. How's Tony Finau? You know, Tony Finau was uh, in the last Ryder Cup. Kind of, you know, they, he was a really good player that didn't play as much as he should have. Uh, he's opinion. only and number so, nine.
1: He's only number right. nine.
8: He's a hell of a player. Right. He, you know, so you know, it it just depends on, on how these things work. I mean when you when you play um in these competitions where it's you know, you play your own ball, it's better ball versus, you know, guess what? You know, you, you drive on the even holes, I drive on the odd holes and we switch, you know, we alternate into the hole. I mean that that's a tough format, you know, and you have to be with the right partner to be able to make that work. And right, over yeah, the but course th- of the the other thing
1: lost, is Doug, Dustin Johnson, even though he's a two, he is not playing very well. He had a good well, last no. round it's, in the last tournament sure. but his consistency over the last what five months has not been good. Yeah. Well,
8: timing is critical, um, you know, in terms of, of how you're playing at this, you know, point in time and um I don't know if I'm right or wrong here, but didn't didn't he lose the US open at the same golf course because of that stupid um
1: well, so uh, straights. Yeah.
8: Yeah, not, okay. now I, yeah so now the
1: one he lost together the pub, that was in uh Oregon, wasn't that in Oregon or Bandon. Was that Bandon Dunes? I'm not sure. I I, I don't want to, to say I'm not sure about that. But uh, uh, but, but non, you know nonetheless, I mean there's there's a lot of, there's a lot more that goes on than
8: than we're privy to with regard to that room and that those personalities and all that stuff. I mean hell they're they're arguing about which golf ball they're going to play in some of these formats because if I if I play a Titleist and you play a Callaway, well we have to you know figure out which one we're going to play because we're playing alternate shot. You know that 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 kind of crap. I mean that's 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 what you deal with. You know so.
1: Um, well, I think the other yeah, thing be, is that the, the guy that's really been the hottest uh, over the last month is Cantley. I mean, uh, you know, he's not, he not the top horse. He, uh, you know, Johnson's the top no. horse, but but Cantley is uh, no question to me that over the last month or six weeks, he's yeah. been the best player on the tour, and he's only a four.
8: Well, Xander shoffley has been, you know, just steady the whole year, Um you know, DeChambo's obviously been, been really good um, he's a throughout the season. Um, he's been really good throughout the season. I mean, Justin Thomas is a solid guy. I mean, you know, him and Spieth together, okay, I get it, but I don't think Spieth by himself is, you know what I mean, like, eh, I'm a little worried about that. Uh, Brooks Koepka's been hurt, um, you know. Finau's um, always been, you know, Mr. Top Ten. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see him. We've lost, what, four of the last five Ryder Cups, so it's it's about time we got our – our stuff together, um, you know, and, and came home with a win,
10: so
1: Well when you look at the list, I mean, uh Rahm is obviously the number one player right now and, and uh so I mean, he's at the top of the list, but when you go down, I mean uh their numbers are not <laughs> anywhere near comparative. I mean y you, you know no. it, true but you know well, you look but, at you know, know, is thirteen, uh Roy McElroy's fifteen Hatton uh, is nineteen. Casey well,
8: is twenty-four. To, to your point, Don, I mean those world rankings are rankings that are contiguous of, you know, the entire year or however long that time frame is. I mean that's not indicative of how they're currently playing. So, right? I think that's a, that's a misnomer of what people look at as a valued stat to, to justify. Oh well, they're going to win. Or, He's going to be a good player. You know. So well, but, we
1: got to we got to yeah. stop right there. Frank tells me the time is up. Roger, it's right. always a pleasure. Tommy, I'm sorry you weren't with us for the end. Doug, always a pleasure, and uh, we'll get together again next week. Frank, another great job behind the controls. Our thanks to Bill White, uh, who joined us for a long period of time was one of the great people of baseball and one of the great people, period. Uh, so thank you very much to all the guests. All yours, Frank.
3: Okay. tied up at two, Don.
1: I'm Have a great it. week. God bless I'm everybody.
10: <clears throat> Ladies been zoning these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week. in great appreciation to appreciate you. one of the United States Armed Forces, and one of the police and fire services. When you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please allow them yeah, to know that you know they're there. Uh, these are very important times and very tough times for men and women in uniform. These programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll Patron, Deputy Colcat, so, <clears throat> the Chairman David Curtis. Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Aswitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Killer, San Diego Officer Mike Enler, <coughs> Sergeant uh, Mike, Tom Wilson, Sergeant uh, County Sheriff's Department, uh, Officer Charlie Condon, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Chris Levick, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Mike Malick, Prinellis County Sheriff's Department. Uh, Lieutenant uh, Joe Zerber, Newcastle County Police. Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department. Uh, Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Fire Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, uh, Florida Highway Patrol. Trooper uh, Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Chief Al Hogle, along with the Key Police Department. Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. Special Inspector Vinny Galachio, Del- Fire Department of Law Enforcement. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Ardeth Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Fikus, Wilmington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10, 10 at this point in time, but sometime will be ten ten at the, Lord, the table of the Lord. Until that time, and the words rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rain fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your face until we meet again. May the good Lord keep you and your families always in the hollow of his hands. Good night. God bless and have a great week. <laughs>
5: So I share, never again, my Never A high bond of gentle mean A fiery blade engaged to lead He'd break the bravest in the field Spirit and with mind afraid It's our
4: we mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm.